to me is so ridiculous that we even have to justify Sean Payton, Sean Payton's coaching record, his track record in the NFL, right? Uh, he turned water into wine in New Orleans. Like, I, I just think we so quickly forget which state the Saints were in when he took over. What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Making these hits. Hey, making these flips. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Thanks to 2-0. Everything is good. Along with two other teams in the NFC South. And it's funny wow. that the, the one team that's 0-2 lost to a division team. So right. it's been a crazy start for the NFC South. But, yeah, man, we got to go up to Carolina and pulled out a 20-17 to uh, victory. Didn't go exactly as we planned or as we thought that, it, you know, we talked about how it could go last week. But a win is a win. We're going to take it. Um, I can honestly say even with it not going as planned, it never really felt like we were going to lose the game either. So that's a, that's definitely a plus. Um, but it's really, you know, finding a rhythm in the offense seems like that's the biggest issue right now. Um, once again, we played two decent – or we played a really good defense week one, and last week we played another decent defense, especially when it comes to defending the run. Uh, so not having to run has definitely thrown us off our game a little bit. But again, the pass protection just has to be better as well. But uh, let's what you got for this game? What did you think? Everything that you just touched on, um, you know, things didn't go as, as we expected, but we still was able to get out of there with a W. Anytime you can get a win in the NFL, you will take it. Offensive line has to play better. I don't even think it's an issue with the offense. I just honestly think it's the offensive line. Anytime Derek Carr has four seconds to throw the football, which sometimes seems to be a little bit much in the NFL, given how yeah. gifted these pass rushes are. But anytime he has four seconds to throw the football, it, it always ends, you know, great for the Saints. The result is is a plus. Yeah. Um, he he spreads the ball around every game. He's been able to hit five to six receivers. Uh, Carolina matchup, it was no different. I definitely like what I'm seeing from Derek Carr. I know uh, he still has to make a couple more uh, Saints fans believers, but uh, I'm, I'm grateful uh, to have him this season. You spoke about the struggles we've experienced with trying to run the football. Taysom Hill helped us out a lot this past uh, Monday mm -hmm. to get a win in Carolina. A couple rushes. I think it was nine total for 75 yards. Uh, we saw Tony Jones get two touchdowns. Uh, so that's the good thing. That, that's the important takeaway. Although we haven't identified ourselves being able to run the ball, we haven't been able to protect Derek Carr, but the results was two wins for the Saints. You mean to tell me you're not ready to be calling for Jameis or for Taysom Hill yet, bro? Absolutely not. <laughs> I will be calling for Taysom Hill. <laughs> do exactly what he done this past Monday. Uh, I hope he continues to be uh, some sort of the offense moving forward. When we need them, for sure. You know, like, I think I think the plan that they went into this season with, with Taysom Hill is to, look, we're going to use him a lot in the red zone because that's another threat that, you know, he gives us a lot of um, a lot of options and people have to plan for all of those options in this short mm -hmm. space. 
Um, but on a day like, you know, this past Monday where it was tough to get any, I mean, I'm not going to say tough because Jamal Williams was doing decent before he went out as well. But between our running backs, I think we ended up with 60 yards rushing and Taysom Hill by itself ended up with almost 80. So on nights like that, when it's tough to get the run going, yeah, get Taysom Hill in there, get him involved, run some quarterback draws, run some option. We have to we have to be at least capable of running the football in order to to for our passing game to be even better. Um, yeah, our pass protection once again. Last week it was easy to look at it and be and place a lot of the blame on Trevor Penning, even though we did see uh you know collapses in other places of the offensive line, but mostly it was Trevor Penning and you're like, look, he's basically a rookie. It's gonna take time. This week it was all across the offensive line, um, to where we looked at it and it was like, bro, like we just gotta do better. Like you say, when Derek Carr has the time, um, he he gets the job done. I think. This week was not much different from last week where I looked at it and said, he made one bad throw, and that throw ended up being an interception against better teams that can kill us. But, um, I mean, otherwise, he's making the the right read. He's making the right throw. Um, So, I mean, and the receivers, our receivers have been great as well. But on live, that is Shahid, uh, Michael Thomas, who was targeted heavy out the gate. Uh, you can tell Derek Carr, you know, really has trust and really emphasizes to make it a point to get to Michael Thomas, especially early on in the games. Uh, and Chris Olave still looks like what what you know, what we thought he was last year, which is uh, the number one receiver on this team. Um, and she, he keeps showing up in big moments. So offensively, it's really and and once again, that's with the pass protection breaking down so often. Imagine what we can do if Absolutely. if that pass protection holds up. Um, once again, we're talking about Carr getting over 200 yards. He was sacked four times uh, last week. I want to say he was sacked four times as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and ended up over 300 yards, but. Like you say, even with the the issues that we see on uh, offense, still out there, still able to get wins. Uh, I was talking to Sean earlier, and I say, look, we brought Derek. The, one of the main thing, main reasons we brought Derek Carr in, he's proved that he can do through these top two games, do through these first two games, which is in those clutch moments, in those moments where we need a score, we need to put the game away. Can you do it? Which is something we've been missing since Drew Brees has been gone. He's been able to do it. He showed you he can do it two weeks straight. Give him the ball with the game on the line. He'll go win it. Um, so those are all positives, even though there are clear issues, you know, within our, our, our office, at least. Absolutely. So the key word here is, I believe we both would say, is patience. Who that nation? We need patience at this point. Uh, it's not a Derek Carr problem. It's more of a Saints offense yeah. finding their identity and figuring out this blocking scheme. Probably. Yep, 100%, man. Um, defense, I just want to shout out the defense real quick, too. I got I, I wrote down so many stats just from uh, from Monday alone. Uh, this is our first time being 2-0 in 10 years. That was one that, you know, jumped off the page for me immediately. 30-12 um, and 12 on the road since 2018, second best, best in the NFL. I thought we were number um, one. No, that's second best in the NFL. I would imagine Kansas City is probably the team that's better. Uh, Just thinking about what their records have been recently. Um, Pro football focus. Lattimore is the highest graded cornerback through two games. He allowed nine yards week one, six yards week two. 
That's amazing. Uh, uh, Demario Davis is the second number two linebacker, uh, according to uh, Pro Football Focus. And Carl Grandison, I'm going to bring him up every week. That dude's playing <laughs> amazing so far this season. He's ranked the number seven edge rusher. Um, wow. So. Or edge defender, number seven mm-hmm. in the NFL through two weeks. Uh, with fourth in the NFL in total defense, with fifth in scoring defense, only giving up 16 points per game. Uh, of course, you can look at that and say, well, you're going to play tougher offenses. That's true. But like when you talked about off air, it's about doing what you're supposed to do against the people that's put in front of you. They've been doing their part uh, thus far. And like we just pointed to with Derek Carman, with 10th in total offense, uh, with 346 yards per game. So there's a lot of good in there. But like I say, if we address those those issues that we that are clear and that we see, it'll be even better. We will be talked about with San Francisco and, you know, teams like that. If we can get those issues uh, taken care of Uh, one more step. What's the other one I got? Uh, Saints have given up 20 or fewer points in 10 straight games. That's the longest stretch in the in the franchise's history. So a lot of good stuff right there, man. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Like you say, we just got to be patient. Uh, can't be too patient. Like we need them to figure it out, you know, sooner than later. But um, we're, we're still off to a good start. Yeah, it's amazing how well this defensive unit can look when all the parts align. When the defensive line constantly get pressure, it doesn't matter who they're rotating. You kind of spoke on it. Long as Grandison is out there, long as Cam is on the other side, those D tackles they pop in and out. Brian Breesy, he's somebody who pops every single time he gets an opportunity. They mostly use him on pass rushing uh, downs and situations. He always find a way to get home. Big, linky, long arms, active, good motor, good moves. Always makes his presence known uh, on that front four when he gets oh. the opportunity. Um, you spoke about Marshawn Lattimore. I can bring up Paulson Adebo. We can, we can shout out Alante Taylor for holding down the slot. Marcus May. We can go on and on. This the Oh, yeah, team. because, because I was shy. Together. I was honestly shocked that Pete Warner isn't up there uh, at linebacker mm-hmm. too. Uh, yeah. This 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 Monday pass, uh, this Carolina game, him, Pete Warner, and um, not Nathan Shepard, Saunders. Those two mm-hmm. guys were the ones on defense that really popped off the screen. Oh, for yeah. me. Saunders was making big plays in the backfield uh, from from kickoff. It's crazy you say that because I promise you I have that on my notes. He was, <laughs> he was the unsung hero, him and Taysom yep. Hill uh, for me. Uh, of course, Hill offensively and Saunders defensively. The numbers don't speak uh, his productivity that he showed Monday night. Yeah. But he was he was everywhere. 100%. 100%. Um, we did end that game with just one injury, Jamal Williams' hamstring. Uh, looked like he's going to be out a few weeks. Uh, once again, it's not like we – had any run game to speak of to begin with these past two weeks anyway. Um, but hopefully uh, that's something that we can give him time to, you know, get that healed up and come on back. Tony Jones Jr. did a great job filling in for him. Uh, Kendra Miller, I saw, was a full participant in practice today. They say he looked like he's going to be full of both of them today to make his debut. Good. Nice. Um, so, yeah, let's go into – Let's stick with the waters real quick. Marcus May finally got his suspension. We talked about that uh, during the preseason, how he had settled, uh, finally settled his case in court, and we were just waiting for the NFL to to make a ruling on his uh, suspension. He got three games. That's about what we expected. 
It came mm -hmm. early in the season, which is what I was really concerned about. Yeah. Let's get it over with early in the season instead of coming midway or late, you know, in the season. So uh, Jordan Howden, it's his time to step up. And the Saints coaching staff seem to have a, a ton of confidence in him. So it's going to be uh, exciting to see how he blends in with the rest of this defense that we just spoke about performing so well through two games. Right. And I just think this defense is flowing so well, it would be hard for me to see a situation when Jordan Howard steps in. Uh, although he's a rookie, we took him on the fifth round from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard for me to believe that they would require him to play to a higher level or to a higher standard as if Marcus May was playing with him being a veteran. This unit is playing so well. As long as we continue to get home to the quarterback, I think we're good. I also expect to see a good bit of uh, Ubo Amadi now, too, as well, yeah, uh, playing some safety. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about injuries. More another week, more injuries. Some always more brutal than others. Uh, they, are, they are piling up fast. One we didn't talk about last week that I realized is carrying over into this week too. Austin Eckler, you know he didn't. Yeah. You know he had his. Uh, I think it's an ankle injury. Yeah, ankle injury he had. Uh, that looked like it's going to linger into this week too, to where he may miss another game. But uh, we had Saquon Barkley with the ankle injury uh, Sunday. Um, Nick Chubb, Monday night, we all saw that, awesome. you know, he's done for the year, awesome. yeah. Uh, CJ Garner-Johnson, he tore his peck on Sunday, uh, he's done for the year. Uh, we spoke about Austin Eckler, uh, David Montgomery, uh, running back for Detroit, he, he's going to be out for, for a few weeks, seems like. Um, Justice Hill, I saw popped up on the injury report for Baltimore this week. They already got J.K. Dobbins, so, you know, they, they can't really afford to lose anymore. Uh, running back help. Um, of course, the Chubb injury is the one that, that's going to stand out the most. You know, you're talking about one of the top backs in the NFL. But you're also talking about somebody who basically was his offense. He was Cleveland's offense. Right. Sean Watson has not looked uh, like the quarterback that we knew before he took his time off. And it is, how long do you give him before you say, hey, he just is what he this just what it this just is what he is now. He's not getting anywhere close to what he was again. Um, cause that's seeming to be more of the case, you know, right now. So you had Ford feeling good for uh, for them on Monday. He had a, a great game, and they brought back Kareem Hunt earlier today, which makes all the sense in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but this really changes life for Cleveland, uh, who has a good defense and is in a division that definitely seems winnable right here out of the gate. But now you lose, you know, your best player on offense, and those are – Big shoes to fill, especially when you can't turn to your $230 million quarterback and say, take this over and lead us to victory every week. <laughs> nah, you can have it. That's what he's saying. Nah, nah, y'all got it. Let's keep, let's keep giving it to these running backs. So yeah, that's definitely – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, it was a painful injury to watch, man, for Nick Chubb. Uh, he's been great in the NFL ever since day one, always yeah. uh, in the top few guys uh, for his rushing stats go or whatnot. We spoke on, he, you know, the importance of him to the Cleveland Browns offense, basically being the offense for so many years, even dating back to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm excited for Kareem Hunt. He was someone who I wanted to add this offseason. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very excited for him, happy he gets the opportunity. Uh, and he got a decent payday as well. Uh, I definitely thought it was going to be a little lower than four, 
but I saw you got four million in and I think yeah. it was fully guaranteed if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think so. Um, but also, I and of course, this is a perfect situation for him. You know, oh, yeah. you don't want to see that guy get hurt, you know, but mm-hmm. he gets to go right back to where he's been for a very long time, what he's familiar with. But it's hard for me to see, even if Nick Chubb didn't get hurt um, on Monday, it would have been hard for me to see this week go by and Kareem Hunt not end up somewhere, whether it ended up being in New Orleans, in Minnesota, uh, in New York now that Saquon Barkley is dealing with a, a new injury, you know, so it this was the week for him. If not Cleveland, I wanted to see him back in Kansas City. I, I don't think, I think Kansas City is real. I think they're good. I think they really like what they have in their, in their running back room between Pacheco, McKinnon, and uh, Elvis Hilaire. Um, I like it a little bit more of a hunt. <laughs> Uh, speaking of running backs, though, just popped up on my phone. Cam Akers just got traded to the Minnesota Vikings for uh, basically uh, a draft pick swap. Um, so I, I I saw the writing on the wall when he was inactive last week that he was going to be uh, out of there soon. And Minnesota, I'm in Minnesota, the place that can really use him. Madison doesn't seem like he's going to be the answer, uh, and definitely not the guy behind him, Tyson Chandler. This is a good situation for both Minnesota and for Cam Akers. I really yeah, like that. It allows Madison to get some of that pressure off him and go yeah. back to that reserve role that he's kind of comfortable with that he produced in for so many years. And yeah. you don't have a you don't have a workhorse uh in Cam Akers, but you have another comparable serviceable running back in your backfield. Yeah. So often so an offense that has no struggles but running the ball at this point. Exactly. And that hasn't, I mean, to say that they're on two, that hasn't held them back too much, you know, uh, when it comes to how their offense has been producing through two weeks. Um, anything else around the NFL? Uh, we had a couple in, couple more injuries. I think Joe Burrow uh, with the strain cast, oh, yeah. they listed him as day-to-day. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I'm not sure if you pointed him out, but he left oh, the game. Concussion uh, protocol. And, and concussion yeah. protocol as well. And uh, Odell, he was listed also day to day with the ankle injury. Yeah, um, the one, of course, right there that changes life is Joe Burrow for Cincinnati if he has to miss some time. Um, which, once again, this is an injury that we all saw happen in training camp. This is an injury that they were trying to be uh, take precautions on and and you know keep kept him out the whole preseason because of it and. It seems to, you know, be a lingering one. So he's right back to to dealing with that. And I mean, we're talking about a team that started only two. Uh, in a division that once again seems winnable for any of those teams, honestly, except for Pittsburgh, if we're being honest. Um, but that seems winnable and you know, but only two, um, I can't remember who they play this week. Um they played the Ravens this week? No, they played the Ravens last week. They lost to Baltimore last week. Yeah, who they played this week? Played last week. Okay, my fault. Um, they played the Rams. They have the Rams this week. Uh, they're favored by two and a half points. Uh, which the Rams have proven that they're not a team that you can sleep on at this point. So crazy. That is biggest shock to me thus far in football. Really? Okay. So, uh. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely the injury that you're looking at to being like this team can't afford it. Uh not that one. And that's most teams when it comes to quarterbacks anyway. Your quarterback get hurt. That's usually your, you know, 
your season or that's usually going to affect you in more of a major way than than any other any other position especially when you start owing two and bigger than just starting owing two you you you're owing two and you haven't played well offensively mm-hmm. that, and that's your money maker that offense yep. Cincinnati's money maker so it's it's bigger than owing two it's owing two and we still haven't found our footing in this season yet Speaking of on two teams, real quick, just because the, the conversation came up and I saw this uh, question posed on Twitter the other day, but which on two team has the best chance of actually turning this season around and being able to make it to the playoffs? You got, um, I would probably say right off back without hearing teams, uh, I would probably say the Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. So let me give you the teams just, just. Patriots, Chargers, Broncos, Bengals, Texans, Vikings, Panthers, Cardinals, Bears. Chargers. The Chargers. Um, yeah, we're gonna get to them because that's one of the games we're picking uh picking this week too. But uh I'd go Vikings, but then it would be the Chargers right behind that. Um, like I say, the Vikings, I mean the Vikings and the Chargers are like their offenses have been amazing through two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just their defense that's falling. That's falling short. Um, so, and the Chargers have that talent um, on defense. So it's really, you know, it's more puzzling to why they're struggling on defense than why than why Minnesota is. Um, but they're also in the tougher conference. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, anything else? That's all. That's all I have for is injuries. Ooh, let's move into our game, our week three game. Uh, we go to Lambeau, go to Green Bay. Uh, we take on Grand ba- Green Bay Sunday at noon. The Packers are two-point favorites. Um, like I say, injury report came out today. We had four people on it. Uh, Foster Monroe and Jamal Williams, of course, did not practice. Um, third person. Taysom Hill with a knee. He was limited, uh, which I think he was limited all week last week as well. And then Kendrick uh, Miller was on the injury report, but he was a full participant uh, with his hamstring. Um, I saw that for Green Bay, Christian Watson was a participant in practice today. Uh, After missing their first two weeks, Aaron Jones did not practice uh, today. So we're going to keep an eye on him and see if he's going to be able to go um, this week. Uh, for me, three. I got three. Um, uh, I guess keys to victory for for Sunday against Green Bay for the water. Uh, the first is Andre Miller and Tony Jones, and I guess you could throw Taysom Hill in there too. But just being able to once again be capable when it comes to running the football, if we can, uh, if we got to hit that hundred yard mark rushing as a team. Um, for one, because it's going to keep. Uh, it's going to keep the defenses, uh, you know, it's going to keep them on their heels, having to actually respect the run and then also deal with the pad. Um, pass protection is my second thing. We already touched on that. Got to be better across the offensive line. Um, and then the third one is fourth turnover. Uh, if we can report the fumble, if we can get an exception, uh, that's always going to be a uh, key to victory. Uh, in any game, it's usually welcome to battle in the game. So uh, those are my three right there. Uh, Green Bay has looked decent so far. Uh, week one, they played Chicago. 
yeah, we won they played Chicago um, and looked great, but again, it was Chicago. Last week, they went a tougher battle against Atlanta. Uh, they came down to fire uh, when they lost their game to Atlanta. Um, uh, Jordan Love is an okay quarterback through two games to me. Um, no Aaron Jones is a, is a problem. No Christian Watson is a problem, uh, especially going up against this is going to be by far the best secondary that they've seen already this season. Um, the best defense that they've seen this season. This is I don't care nobody say this is probably a top one. Well, probably this is a top five defense in the league right now, and <laughs> and it's only climbing up, you know. Um, yeah. But this is a top five defense in the league right now, and it's not going to change when you go into Green Bay. Um, so if they're not at full strength uh, with their Christian Watson, with Aaron Jones. It should be a long day for Jordan Love. It's basically a rookie quarterback when it comes to actually playing football. Um, so I, I think in the salary will have success against them as well. But I do think that they're going to have their moment. Uh, I don't think that I'm going to uh, go out and say we're winning by 10 like I did last week, but to win by three points. Uh, so so I, think, I, I definitely think that they have their moments. I do think that we win this football game, and I'm taking us through 27 20. Um, I have this game very similar to, to you, but I won't say that my get us home focal points will be the same. I won't say pass protection because in two weeks it's been an issue, and we've proven we can win uh, without necessarily giving Derek Carr a clean pocket. But I am going to touch on the three points you brought up. Uh, Blake Rupi has to continue to be perfect uh, this game. I think this game is going to be a situation where he can run into three to four attempts this game. Uh, we can't have shank punts like we've had uh, in the previous game against Carolina. Special teams is going to be big. So I would definitely think I'm going to point out special teams. Uh, we've been very clean, you can say. I think we average three penalties a game. Uh, so far, so that's something that we're going to have to remain, you know, pretty good yeah. at. We're not beating ourselves with the flags, so we got to keep the the penalties low. If we can get away with another situation where we're looking at three flags totaling 40 yards or so, I think that still would be good enough to beat Green Bay. And we also have been terrific. The defense has been 100% across the board, top to bottom, fantastic at not giving up big plays, whether it's on the ground or in the air. We have kept everything in front of us. Our front four gets home. We don't have to send an extra guy to pressure the quarterback to make him get rid of the ball a second or two faster. That has to continue to be a thing, not just this week, but moving forward for the rest of this year. That's my three things that we have to do in order to bring back a W to New Orleans. Uh, yeah. So the past the second thing, like you said, we can win even with a shaky. That's going to get harder as the competition gets better. I think the Green Bay team is better than Carolina. They're better than Tennessee. Um, so for that pass protection, um, we can't keep being starting off our drives behind the eight ball, uh, getting into these second and third long, third and long situations, especially when uh, the offense on the other side can move the football. I don't think that Jordan Love is going to struggle like Bryce Young struggled. I think he'll be able to get some first downs. Um, but if we're giving them good uh, good um, starting field position, then that's going to hurt us. And that's why I point out pass protection. 
because if we're giving up sacks or if we're uh, having Derek Carr get pressured and he ends up turning the football over and we give them good field position, I think they'll 100% be able to take advantage of it. Well, I think it's going to be a little give and take. You brought up the, the point that Jordan Love probably is going to play the best game out of the two quarterbacks we've faced this far. However, I honestly think as a whole, the pack of defense is good. But just looking at the front four out of the two teams, you can make a case that Carolina has a better front four than, than Green Bay. Or I would disagree with that. Yeah. Or maybe it's equal, but I'm just saying it's not it's not Tennessee's front four. So my thing is it's going to be a, a little give and take. If you're giving me a lesser front four, I'll give you a better quarterback in Jordan Love. I'm just saying even if we continue to struggle protecting Derek Carr, I still see what we can beat. Green Bay, and I do have us beating Green Bay. Uh, twenty, I will go twenty-four to twenty-seven. Twenty-four to twenty-seven. Um, yeah. I, if, if our online is shake once again, this is. I think this is the best pass rush out of. Like Tennessee oh, wow. for sure is the best defense out of the three teams that we played by far. But I think. I think Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, I think Green Bay has the better pass rushers across their offensive line. Um, And that's my worry. So if we can't run the football or if, once again, Derek Carr is constantly being pressured, if our O-line is not holding up, it's going to really show this game. Yeah, I definitely think Tennessee has a better front four. Uh, Just the fact that they can get pressure uh, in the interior line uh, with their D tackles, that alone like changes game. You introduce oh, me to but once again, pass rushing. Like I'm specifically saying that. Like I said, I think Tennessee has a better mm-hmm. front four for sure. But as right. pass rushers, the guys coming off the edge and getting after your quarterback, I think Green Bay is better at that. Yeah, I mean maybe so. Play when you imagine player for player, but I think Brian Barnes alone is a top ten guy for his edge rushers in the league. Uh, I agree. And and we just played against him, you know. But that's one side. Who was on the opposite side of Brian Burns? You don't know. Well, well <laughs> if Ramcheck is playing how Ramcheck's supposed to be playing, then we only should be getting pressure from one side anyway. I don't think you're going to see a situation every Sunday Ramcheck is lined up and getting beat how he got beat this this past Monday. No, but he will get beat by Rashawn Gary if he's laying if he's lining up over there. He's not going to dominate Rashawn Gary for four quarters. Who, who, who you think win the matchup? I mean, I would hope Brian Ramchick, <laughs> I, I, I but I, but I'm not, but I'm not going to be shocked if Sean Gary comes out of this game with a handful of pressure and a sack. You not know, enough to, not enough to disturb our offense enough to to say, okay, now we have to start chipping that because that's what happened against it, Tennessee. Is Preston is is Preston Smith going to beat Trevor Penny? Is the question that you should be asking, or if Rashawn Gary goes to the opposite side, does he beat Trevor Penny? Whoever's over there, I'm thinking is going to be Trevor Penny. But once that's again, the issue. If yeah. if you have that going on over there, because say that's Preston Smith, and you actually have the matchup of Ryan Ramchick on Rashawn Gary. But once again, Ryan Ramchick is not going to dominate that. Like Rashawn Gary going to get through eventually, even if it's just once or twice. Mm-hmm. But if you have that going on on that side, and consistently Trevor Penny is getting beat on the opposite side, that's that's an issue. That's that's what's been going on all season. And we've been we've and, been found a way to win two games. My point, my point is Preston Smith is better than whoever's been beating Trevor Penning in the past two weeks. Arden Key and whoever was beating them last week. 
Preston Smith is, is better than those guys. And that's the issue. That's something we'll keep an eye on. Uh, we're going to go Chargers Vikings next. We were just talking about only two teams. Um, and we got two of them right here. Uh, the Vikings are at home, so they're the favorites. They're favored by point. So it's a toss-up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the keys that I wrote that. Oh, they like Kirk Cousins. We don't care what you do, bro. You, you, you. It's, it's a pick 'em game. We don't care what you do. Um, the three things I wrote. I wrote down four things on this game. One, the first thing I wrote down was offense versus offense. There, there has been no defense played by either of these teams through two weeks, uh, but their offenses have both been top five basically through two weeks. So I don't think defense is going to all of a sudden get played in this game. This is going to be a high-scoring game, in my opinion. Um, the second thing I wrote down was Brandon Staley gets fired if the Chargers lose this game. He should have been fired in the offseason. He should have been fired after. He should have been fired off the strength that Sean Payton wanted the job. Was. The Chargers have a top-five offense. They haven't turned the ball over in two weeks, but sometimes somehow they own two. That's yep. absurd. <laughs> And they're thirty second in yards allowed. Yep. So that defense is not playing well at all. Um, who who are you taking in that game? Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. I got the Chargers winning thirty one twenty eight. Yeah. So I'm gonna make this short and sweet. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers if Austin Eckler uh, plays. If he's good enough to suit up, I'm definitely taking them. This is exactly what you called it—a pick'em game. Now I do have a little bit more faith in the Chargers defense than I do Minnesota. But I think uh, Jordan Jefferson has a field day if they decide to play man how they did against Miami. Um, but overall, if Austin Engler plays, then I'm taking the Chargers. If not, I'm rolling with the Vikings. That's crazy because I disagree with you entirely. Like, I don't think Justin Jefferson has a field day, <laughs> regardless of if he lined up on Asante Samuel or J.C. Jackson. Uh, I think, I mean, he's Justin Jefferson. He's going to have a good game, but I don't think he sees anything that Tyreek that Tyreek Hill saw uh, that week one because Tyreek Hill saw that because he's faster than everybody else. So, yeah, that's not the case with Justin so, Jefferson. So if that D.C. is so prideful that even with the speed of Tyreek Hill, you don't keep a safety over top all the time, mm -hmm. you go and play Jordan Jefferson, I don't think he's going – if he's not concerned about Tyreek's speed, he's not concerned I about agree. Justin. Yeah, about Justin Jefferson's speed. I agree. So, I'm not, I, I, yeah, those, and? those, corn, those corners, <laughs> haven't, they haven't fared well this season so far. And now you're going to play, to me, the best. I mean, who ate them up last week? Who did they play last week? Tennessee. Tennessee. They played Tennessee. Yeah. So you said those corners didn't they play gave, well. Like uh, they, they, gave <laughs> up, they gave up, what, two or three big plays? Because remember, I told Maybe. you I was, about to, I was about to text you that you're talking about somebody losing their job. Brandon Tannehill was looking, Ryan Tannehill was looking off. <laughs> and then he hit Burks over the top. I think he beat Asante Samuel Jr. I yeah. think he ran right bomb for that big bomb, and that got the offense started. That, yeah. that one play lit a fire under Tennessee, and they start coming together. But I'm not here to, to talk bad about the secondary because uh, they have the players. Like, when you look at the Georgia's roster from top to bottom, you say, yeah, this is a team that if they were two and zero, it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising to nobody. One hundred percent, yeah. But but to me, they're just they're overly aggressive. To me, that's what they are. They're overly aggressive on defense. Yeah, uh, and what was the other point you made that I disagreed with? Uh, Eckler, Eckler playing or not, don't care. Once again, they oh, wow. didn't play last week in that offense. 
role just like you. Like Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen went healthy, Mike Williams went Those guys are good. Like that is a very good offense. So I'm not mm-hmm. worried about them either way. I think they have the well, better offense of the two teams, and that's why I'm taking them. It's not just him being there or not being there. This is a game, to me, if he's there, he can easily see probably eight to ten targets with how far back Minnesota, you know, drops their zones to help them in passing. They pretty much believe in them but don't break. They're going to give up a bunch of underneath stuff. And to me, this was a game that would kind of be tailor-made for Austin Eckler. So it's not necessarily so much of a, uh, he's the world of the offense. No, this is just the type of game very similar to Elvin Kamara that he specialized in. So I just like the chances a little bit better with him this week. Yeah, I don't think that corners can do anything with either of those receivers this week. So if anybody had the field, though, I think it'd probably be Keenan Allen uh, on the field come Sunday. And, he, and he's been good this season, too. When healthy, Keenan Allen. Yeah, when healthy, he's monster. always, yeah. He's a monster, yep. Uh, next game, we're going to pick Falcons-Lions. Lions are favored by three at home. Um, we talked earlier, they lost David Montgomery. He won't be there Sunday. They lost Kevin uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's going for the season. Uh, they didn't have Taylor Decker last week. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play this week. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. For the Falcons, they, they're pretty healthy. They're going to go in there to run the football. Uh, my notes on this one, Falcons, 28th in pass yards, 4th in rushing yards. See, <laughs> you said they're going there to run the ball. Yeah, they're going in there to run the ball. They ain't going in there to do nothing else. Don't, don't even think. <laughs> Don't think that they came to do anything else. They came to run the football. That is it. They're 28th in passing yards. They're fourth in rushing yards. And the third in yards allowed. The defense has been really good through two weeks. Uh, Detroit is fourth in pass yards. Um, they're 14th in rushing yards. And they're 22nd in yards allowed. They did definitely have given up. Well, they gave up a good bit last week to Seattle uh, and Geno Smith. Um I think this is going to be the first week where we see Atlanta get into a position where they have to throw the football. Um, whether it's just two quick uh, three and outs or two quick drives to begin the game and they fall behind 10-0 or 14-0, whatever the case may be, and it's okay, we have to get away from this run again. We have to try to throw to catch up. And we don't know what that looks like at this point with Desmond Ritter. Uh, they've been able to to stay out of that position so far. I think this game changes that. Detroit is going to score. Uh, they're going to put pressure on the Falcons' defense. Uh, this is definitely the best offense the Falcons has, have seen so far this season. Um, Jared Goff, uh, Amara St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Jameer Gibbs is going to see a whole lot more uh, gameplay now that Montgomery's not going to be there. Uh, Laporta, the tight end, has looked good so far. Um, we know what this Detroit offense is. Uh, can the Falcons keep up with them scoring-wise is going to be the question. Um, I don't think they'll be able to. Uh, I still don't see it as being this crazy blowout, uh, but I think Atlanta settles for more field goals than, than what would be required to, to win this game. So I have Detroit uh, covering and winning 24-16. So kind of shocked that we disagree on this one because I felt like this was probably going to be probably the only game that we took together uh, was this game. Uh, and I'm going in a different direction. If I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I'm on cloud nine right now. Defense has played decent. 
these first two weeks. Yeah. Um, we haven't relied heavily on turnovers, teams being over-penalized, teams shooting themselves in the foot. So we have actually lined up, put a hat on a hat, and we are 2-0 and with a questionable quarterback. I think that this defense is probably one of the easier tasks for their quarterback this this week. I think this defense is one of the easier tasks that they've had for his running the football this upcoming week. And oh, wow. for that reason, I am taking the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think that it would it, they're going to just run all over this Detroit Lions uh, defense. But I do think when we look back, they can combine rush for 150 and two touchdowns. Um, they're going to control the, the time uh, of possession if they're running the ball well. They don't rely on any big plays from Drake London, which is flat out ridiculous to me. Um, so they don't have to go outside of their elements to compete with the Detroit Lions, who, to me, are going to struggle to run the football without having David Montgomery. You're going to have Gibbs in a, already a new role and him being the workhorse. I mean, he was, you know, sidelined on numerous occasions. No, uh, when I don't think I don't think he won't be the workhorse. Like they, they like Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds is going to run the football. Uh, it, it, that's yeah, fine. He, he won't be the workhorse. And if I'm the Falcons, I'll take him any day of the week. Versus David oh, but you, but, the way he's been playing. But the running, but the running game is not what Atlanta's gonna have to worry about. Like that's right. that's not it. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So they can pass the ball all they want. Once they get in the red zone, is Jared Goff gonna continue to be Jared Goff, or are they gonna find a way to punch the ball in the end zone? And that's what I'm sure Atlanta's gonna rely on. If they get all these passing yards, if they get all these great stats, fine. That's just make it result in three versus seven. Yeah, and I don't think I think that Jerry Goff, like I said, going into the season is going to be a lot of we in the red zone. I'm going on Mara St. Brown. Most of the time, he coming down with it. So I think and, and Laporta once again, that's another big body that they have to use in the red zone as well. But Amara St. Brown is a for sure thing. And then for Atlanta, it's about it's not even about <clears throat> Jameer Gibbs running the football. It's about what he's going to do as a receiver out of the backfield that they're going to have to account for. Um, yeah, I if the like if the Falcons end up with what you said, 150 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, yeah, for sure. They win this game. I don't see that being the case. Gotcha. Um, oh, you got a score? You said you was taking the Falcons, right? I would take the Falcons in they the, are what? They're plus they, three, so they, yeah. Yeah. I, I think they cover three. I would see a situation where the Falcons Probably win a low scoring game. I would go 20 to 17, something like that. 20 to 17. All right. And then the last game we're picking today is Eagles Bucks. Eagles are four and a half point favorites. Bucks are at home, though. Um, what I got here, I got the Eagles D hasn't been great, which it hasn't. It, it, mm-hmm. it has not been uh, great so far. Their two outside corners uh, are really good, but I mean, the whole defense on paper is really good, but that hasn't um, showed up these past two weeks. Uh, week one against New England, we saw what Mac Jones and the New England offense was able to do to them in the second half. And last week, uh, who did they play last week? Minnesota, right? Yeah, they played Minnesota. So we saw uh, we saw the big plays that came from Jordan Addison and what TJ Hawkinson was able to do to them in that game as well. Um, my second point here is Baker not losing games. And that's that might be my biggest thing about Baker Mayfield. If he can get into this Tampa Bay offense, 
um, and get the ball to Chris Godwin, get the ball to Mike Evans, and just not turn the football over, then they should be all right. And that's proven to be true through two games. Um, and both teams are top five in turnover differential. Uh, they're not giving the ball up much, and they're forcing turnovers. So that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see who wins the turnover battle. Um, I think I'm gonna take an upset here. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Tampa Bay here. Uh, I think Philly is. I think Philly is going to end up losing a game early on that they're not supposed to. Um, just based off of what we've seen from it could have been New England week one, honestly. Uh it could have been Minnesota last week. Uh now we're here at Tampa Bay, uh, with a team that's better defensively than what they saw last week, but also offensively, they have guys that's gonna give that defense trouble in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um man, I think this is going to be an ugly one. <laughs> Uh, I know, I think uh, Jalen Hurts is, I think he's averaging 180 passing yards so far this season, something like that. Um, so I'm going to take a low scoring game here. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks winning 21 to 13. <laughs> we disagree again. Of course. Uh- that's the one I expected us to disagree on. <laughs> yeah, so I do have the score very similar. I'm taking uh, the Eagles 23 to 13. I think they win by 10. Um, I think Jalen Hurts continue to not put up godly numbers. However, his passing percentage is pretty well, and as a team, they run the ball fairly decent. Uh, I don't expect them to go crazy on the ground, but I do expect them to play, make several plays with his legs. I think this will be Baker Mayfield's toughest task this year. Uh, although we're not crazy about the way that that defense is playing right now, we forget last year that defense was allowed to pin their ends back and get after the quarterback because the offense put so much pressure on teams. By halftime, Philly up 14 points, you know the other team is coming out having to pass the football, and that's what the Eagles specialized in last year was letting all these guys rotate and getting after the quarterback. Baker Mayfield had uh, – I was very impressed with him this past Sunday. Very impressed with Baker Mayfield. Week one, we saw him drop back 30-something times and I think barely completed 50% of his passes. And I said, yeah, that's the Baker Mayfield I thought they would have. Come next Sunday, Baker Mayfield ran the ball, made great decisions, connected with Mike Mike Evans. I mean, he already seems to have a better connection with Mike Evans than he did in the three, four years he played with Odell Beckham. Yeah. Um, but I just think he'll be asked to do a little bit more this Sunday. Uh, I do think it would be a low-scoring game. I think the Eagles do enough to win. I think they play clean football, and I do have them winning by 10 points. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting because so far this season, we haven't seen Philly take off on a team, and then that defense just be able to, you know, like you say, pin your back, go get the quarterback. Uh, they haven't been in that situation uh, yet. And uh, like I said, I don't think this is the week for it. So, yeah. Um, once again, Tampa Bay 2-0 is a surprise to me, just as it is to most people, I'm sure. I was higher on them than most people coming into the season, but still, that's a shock. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is I think they get an upset here. Um well, it's an upset every Sunday, so yeah, exactly. Somebody, somebody gonna get an upset. Right. One thing we didn't touch on that I really like, I know we are we I'm watching this stuff, but one thing I really wanted to have a conversation with you about is the Sean Payton hate. Uh, these past few Sundays, 
uh, it's been ridiculous across the faith community, especially on Twitter, how much hate that I've seen uh, towards Sean Payton all of a sudden, which I give credit. There were some people who were speaking this way during the summer, and I didn't understand it then when he first took the head coaching job at Denver. Um, but the, I felt like there was a dead amount of people butting back against that. Like, what what is it that about Sean Payton that has y'all so up in arms and angry at him after what he did for us? Right. Um, but, man, Sunday after they, they lost uh, another game, I'm going down my timeline and I'm seeing, yeah, Sean Payton was nothing without Drew Brees. Sean Payton is, you know, awful. He's not a real good coach. All of this craziness. What is your opinions on that? To me, it's so ridiculous that we even have to justify Sean Payton, Sean Payton's coaching record, his track record in the NFL, right? Uh, he turned water into wine in New Orleans. Like, I, I just think we so quickly forget which state the Saints were in when he took over. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Denver. I don't know what folks was expecting. So I just would have to lean towards the folks that are saying that he can't coach and all this good stuff. I just would have to lean towards their expectation being way higher than what mine was coming into this year. Yeah. I can stay on this subject so long, we probably need to do another show. Uh, this is one that, that definitely grind my gears, as they say. Uh, Sean Payton is a phenomenal coach, and it's all about players. They questioned Bill Belichick after not having Tom Brady for three years. Was he ever really a good coach? Would he ever win a Super Bowl again without Tom Brady? Yeah. Would he ever even win his division again? We've seen Buffalo win that division two times or three times since three, Tom I think, Brady. I think it's been three in a row. Yeah. You know, so they're questioning him after seven Super Bowl, uh, six Super Bowls. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Sean Payton's not excluded from it. I get it, but you have to be out of your mind to think Sean Payton's not a good coach. What if he would have landed with the Chargers? You just spoke about the firing of a coach. What yeah. if he would have got that job this offseason? Do you think Justin Herbert would be better or worse with Sean Payton? You know, you need players. Before this season, we looked at Denver and said, yeah, they're finishing third or fourth in their division. We looked at Russell Wilson and said, yeah, he's the third to fourth best quarterback in that division. If football is all, over, all circled around your quarterback, what do you expect? Now, I yeah. think they get better, but long story short, Sean Payton's the coach. And I'm and I'm with you. Sean Payton is a is a great coach. I'm not going to I can't. There's nothing about Sean Payton that I can but against in, in those regards. Um, just like the Bill Belichick Tom Brady thing to me, you give equal credit to each party. Uh, that's just how I look at it. Uh, different for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because Bill Belichick is was the mastermind behind that defense, and Tom Brady was the the thing that kept that offense rolling. Uh, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, I think I think. Equally, um, they get the share of being responsible of how that offense ran. Uh, Sean Payton can scheme up what he schemed up with Drew Brees for anybody, but anybody can't go out there and actually execute it um, or or be able to have it down as, as much as a Drew did to where he can be an actual coach in the huddle and change so much and uh, identify so much that the defense is doing in the huddle, and we saw that once we got to Jameis, once we got to Taysom Hill, and those coaches had to adjust. Um, Once again, we're talking about the first year. Uh, This is the first year that Sean Payton has this team. Um, And I can't, 
I mean, I can't even tell you who his defensive coordinator is, honestly. I know he wanted to bring Vic Fangio with him, but Vic Fangio went to Miami. So I don't even know who his defensive coordinator is. And once again, um, Ben, you talked about it earlier before we started doing the show. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, is I think it's time we say, look, this dude ain't it no more. Like they 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 ended up with a dude that's not that's not what he was when he was in Seattle. Um, and that's gonna hurt too, and how they move on from that or how they fix that or bandage that is going to be important to injuries. Injuries keep piling on in Denver. So there's way more going on in Denver than it is, oh, Sean Payton is a bad coach. Um, And even if, even for the fans that don't think that Sean Payton is a bad coach, you just wish that he doesn't do well. I don't understand that either, but me and you are on the same page with that one. Like, I don't understand the Sean Payton hate at all. Y'all need to let that go, whatever that is. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you can't put the center attention. Like we always say, you know, so much when we speak. When QBs do great, we uplift them, put them on the pedestal because it's a quarterback-driven league. Unfortunately, when they lose, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just how the NFL works. This past week, Russell Wilson was 18 for 32, 308 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. Yeah. Week one, they lost to the Raiders by one point. This yep. past Sunday, they lost to Washington by two points. Yep. Now, if he if he hits the receiver uh, last play of the game, two-point conversion, had somebody run wide open, if he makes that throw, they're going to overtime. Who knows? Maybe they're sitting one and one. And we may yeah. not even be having this conversation, right? But it's so much more going on to football games than just the head coach and the quarterback. Russell Wilson is playing decent football. Sean Payton play calling has not been suspect to this part. It just takes time to all come together. We just 100%. spoke about we spoke about uh Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins right now is second in the league in passing, six hundred over six hundred yards passing, seven touchdowns, one interception. He's only two. Justin Herbert, seven in the league in passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, only two. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, they all have lost the game already thus far in this short season. So yeah. basically they won one game more than Denver right now. There's no no reason to, to panic or freak out. It's gonna take time. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh or I don't know how anybody could have looked at the Denver team this offseason and said, um, yeah, Sean Payton should be able to come in there and win the division or win the conference with that team. Yeah. Now, last year, when they first went and got Russell Wilson, if they would have brought in Sean Payton, those expectations would have been valid to me. But after seeing what Russell Wilson was last year, after Denver departing with Bradley Chubb uh, and, you know, all these other players getting hurt and and banged up and stuff like that, it was crazy for me to think that anybody would come into this season thinking that Denver was going to win their division or be a playoff team, honestly. Like, I look at them and I'm saying – Maybe they're the third best team in that con- uh, division, yep. but that's a toss-up with the Raiders. Yep. So, um, like you say, maybe these people have higher expectations for Sean Payton and for Den- And when you're great, expectations come. But once yeah. again, he's not actually playing on the field for one, and it's football, not basketball. Only one person can do so much. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a, a slow turnaround, at least a longer turnaround than what a year is, but I think Sean Payton's going to get it right. I agree with you. Yeah, we definitely had to touch on that one, but uh, <laughs> um, but before, 
before we wrap it up, man, uh, the picks from last week, I noticed over, over the weekend you came in, you cashed in on a couple of those games that you called. The Ravens uh, game, for sure. You had another. Yeah, Ravens. I went three, three. I put down three zero and one just because we pushed on uh, Saints Panthers. It was minus uh-huh. three. We won by three. Uh, but yeah, I went three three and three zero and one. Three. Yep. Oh, and one. Yep. What because, like I said, we pushed. We pushed on the on the Carolina uh, Saints game because they only won by three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But oh, we doing it by the spread, so I mark it by the spread. I got you. Um, I got you. So by the spread, through first two weeks, we both four, three, and one. You had a bad week. I had a good week. This one, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Baltimore, Kansas City was the difference. I took Baltimore, Kansas City. You took Jacksonville and uh, Cincy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where we stand right. through two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And this week we went uh, what opposite on two. I think. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were together on. Uh, well, it depends on if because uh, if Eckler plays, if Eckler doesn't play, you go in Minnesota. So right. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But you took Falcons. I took Lions. You took uh, Eagles. I took the Bucks. So it's gonna be another interesting week. Uh, and seeing how those picks play out. All right, got to get to it. Uh, we appreciate y'all for tuning in, giving us all the support. We love your feedback. Uh, definitely continue to connect with us, man. Give us a listen. Give us your ear. Uh, we appreciate everything. 100%. We'll catch y'all next week. I'm in the league. You boys not in my league. No. If you listen close, I'm coaching. Take keys. Cause a boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo. Every time I do it, do it the coldest.